Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Helen. And I'm Janet. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of ABG. I'm actually very excited for this episode. We kind of do this topic every season. Yes, and so today we are going to be answering some questions from our listeners. It is a Q&A episode. We reached out to The Collective, which is our ABG community on Discord. Check it out if you're not part of our Discord community already. And we also reached out to all of you on our Instagram. So thank you to those who sent through your questions. We received quite a bit, so we won't be able to get through everything, but we'll do our best to get through most of them. So here we go. All right. The first question we're going to answer is what hobbies have you been into lately? This is an interesting question. Yeah. And I don't know if I have a clear answer on this one, to be honest. Um, I think a hobby that I want to get back into is actually reading. Mm-hmm. So I know last year my goal was for you a book a month, but this year I decided to be more lenient and be like, you know, let just whatever books Draw, uh, draw me in I'll read it but I kind of want to get back on you know that reading train so yeah that's a good hobby thanks yeah. I feel like your hobby has been working out girl okay, that's I'll, true I don't know if it's a hobby it's a thing that I do but you enjoy yeah, it an right mm. it's your leisurely time and you enjoy the activity that's not work related I mean yeah, I did enjoy today's class pretty good. <laughs> I have a really good coach on don't Friday. you have a really a hot good coach yeah I was gonna say good depend depending on how do you define good good to look at he <laughs> Janet took a class with him too. He's honestly just really good at like correcting you in a, mm. in a very supportive way. Great playlist. That's true. And he's not bad to look at. I'll just say that. <laughs> That's always nice to have. Yeah, I yes. think Helen be down. I mean, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Helen, how about you? I would say so hobbies. I think if, if being a mom and everything that comes with being a mom is considered a hobby, then I am really good at wiping butts and <laughs> accidentally touching someone else's poop, which is something I never thought I would say. That has become a new hobby. Um, I do think that my favorite hobby now, sometimes with or without my baby, is just walking outside when the sun is setting. Mm. This 
hobby started when I was pregnant mm-hmm. and it's the only form of exercise that I could get in when I was pregnant was walking. So it's kind of continued since then. And I just love our leisurely walks around the neighborhood. And I love just seeing like our baby grow with, it's, it's like your environment is always stable, but then he's getting bigger and he's getting more curious of the world around him. And then when he's just like in the carrier front facing with his face, like towards me, sometimes he'll just like randomly look up with like awe and stare at me just to make sure I'm kind of like there. And it's just the best, I don't know. And he's like smiles and it just is like the best moment when he does that and he continues to like look around and touch the flowers around him and stuff. And it's kind of like the only time that Philip and I have to really connect with each other too, whether it's like a 10 minute walk, 30 minute walk usually is the max, but it's like our time to reconnect as like a little family before our days are just so busy during and then after dinner and whatnot, like we're always back to work again. So I feel like that's just the best hobby that we've picked up for our little family. Aww. Walking. I love that. Yeah. I actually was thinking about that for my own too, but I feel like that's not really a new hobby because I have been doing that for a while. And mm-hmm. um, so I was thinking, what are some new hobbies that are different than what I've been doing in the past? And Recently, I feel like I've been an amateur at-home vitamin and supplement pharmacist. I literally have like 10 bottles of pills. And let me clarify, listeners, that these are mostly vitamins and supplements because I am going through the process of freezing my eggs. Mm -hmm. So I've been nose deep in like reading like the supplement kind of like percentage and milligrams and then trying to do math because there's like the prenatal that has all of them, but then you need some supplementary ones. And then now I'm starting to do the hormone shots too. So I feel like I'm running a little like like lab in my home. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, like all throughout the day, you're just taking kind of supplements and vitamins. So that's become kind of like a little bit of a hobby, I guess you could say. I just spent a lot of time doing that. Um, and also eating lots of berries and drinking green tea because according to my fertility doctor, um, antioxidants are really, really important. That's something he pushes a lot, I think, because it regenerates your cells. Mm. So you want all of that. So yeah, that's what I've been up to lately. <laughs> Are you super wired now from the tea? Yes. <laughs> I have been feeling, but I think because I'm more used to drinking coffee, mm. it's a different type of wire. Like mm. I actually feel like a good level of energy. I've been also documenting like journaling every day about like to try to track like how's my mood been and how is like my energy. And it's been like probably the best it's been in like a while. But like because, yeah, I stopped drinking coffee because you want to like minimize the caffeine. Mm-hmm. But green tea gives you like a milder and it's high antioxidant so yeah i don't know it's been feeling good so (laughs) all right next question is is it a good idea to sway not force a sibling to ignore the past if no why if okay yes what can i do or what can be done and to give some context sibling is a year younger than me she's 25 still struggles with the traditional parents lifestyle growing up without the emotional support always says she doesn't know how to carry herself in life and not knowing what to do she's currently trying to find her passion keeps referring to the past and how it's shaped her and how she is now i know there are times when time will tell and they'll realize at some point there's still plenty of time but how long is it before it's too late and our parents worry often Oof. Very good question. Yes, this is a tough question. This feels like a Dear ABG question. Mm-hmm. Remember that, listeners, our Dear <laughs> ABG videos, which we might go back to in the future. Um, but for this question, it sounds like the sibling is focused on her past, like how she was raised by her traditional parents who didn't offer much emotional support as the reason for her stuntedness or lack of growth. And I think that when things are not going well in our lives, it is just human nature to put blame on something that is out of our control to say that that's, you know, why things aren't working out. 
But also like 25 is a rough age to be. I remember for me, that's when I hit my quarter life crisis. I feel like we all kind of hit our quarter life Mm -hmm. crises around then. Because I also, during that time, felt very stunted and passionless and complacent and frankly, like pretty bored with my life. Mm -hmm. I think for the person who's asking this question, I wouldn't advise to tell your sibling to ignore the past because the past is what shapes us as people. But the difference is that it's not what defines us as people, right? Mm -hmm. She probably needs like a heavy dose of validation and encouragement from her older brother and yeah, maybe a little bit of nudging to activate herself so that she can approach life with a more open and positive mindset and kind of like put herself in a more favorable position to find her passion. And, and that's very different from focusing on her past and saying, you know, just just ignore that, you know, that doesn't matter anymore. Because I think when she gets older, the hope is that she'll learn to appreciate or find peace with the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe she learns how to be an amazing leader one day because she understands empathy and the need for emotional support. Or maybe she'll be an amazing mom to her kids or something along those lines. So yes, time will tell. But I would say to continue encouraging her towards her interests and things that are maybe more forward thinking. Yeah, I really liked this question because I feel like it was very personal. And as an older sibling as well, I could very much relate to it. I would say my natural inclination, if maybe the listener as well, if you're older sibling and uh, you're seeing your younger sibling struggle, you might have a tendency to want to like reprimand them, almost be like that third parent. Mm -hmm. But like Helen said, I think what is actually going to be more effective is if you approach them almost like a friend and you really build up their confidence. Because usually when someone is ruminating in that state, it's because she's she's obviously not happy and she's finding she's trying to look for something to blame, right? And the one way to kind of lift her out of that is just to con- constantly remind her to really help and support her in feeling good about herself so that she can stop thinking about those old things. Um, but at the same time, Another tip for you personally, don't feel like you hold all of the responsibility to change her. She is her own person. You can only do so much as her big brother to support her positively, and the rest is up to her. Next question, what is the first aisle you go to at a Target, a Trader Joe's, or a Costco? When it comes to Target, my first aisle that I always go to, um, it used to be makeup. But more recently, it's the frozen food aisle, and I'll tell you why. Target actually has a really good spread of plant-based frozen foods. Better than any other place that I've seen. So that's where I head first in Target. Trader Joe's, my first section is the bananas. And that is because <laughs> that is because every Trader Joe's you walk into, they they start to, they have a, like a template of how they lay out their store. And the bananas are always by the door. I don't know if anyone notices this. Mm. It's always at the entrance and it's a produce aisle. So I always start out with produce mm. and specifically bananas. Um, just because I'm trying to be efficient with space and, and the path. Costco, I always go back to the freezer section. I don't mm. really know why. I think I kind of like the idea of starting from the back of the store and working my way up. I don't know. How about how about you, Mel? Very interesting answer, Janet. <laughs> I will say I feel like I'm that basic person that I just go what aisles first. So for Target, for my Target, it's actually the home decor. Or the one, or the place where like the one dollar, five dollar, like oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I see that being. I feel like Hello gets stuck there. (laughs) But I get stuck at the entrance. Yeah, yeah. But I see it. I'm just. I always take a quick look, but I always home decor for me is on the left. Mm. So I love to just see like, oh, like I wonder what the Studio McGee collection has, or like I just Target has really great home decor stuff and just Mm -hmm. in general. So I always go there first. Trader Joe's, my Trader Joe's, my first aisle is actually like the bread aisle. So I go, I go oh, and order. yeah, that's true. I see. So you start on the left. I start on the right. Or yeah, yeah, so I start on the left. But my bananas are actually in the corner back. 
So oh, that's why I was like, I don't see the maybe bananas. Maybe my, my theory doesn't hold that. Yeah. Uh, okay, where are your bananas at Trader Joe's? <laughs> um, but for me, yeah, I always go to the bread aisle first and I always pick up like like a wrap or like my mm. sprouted bread. Something with sprouts. Something with one of those things I Googled mm. that's good for your gut or something. <laughs> and then for Costco. So I don't have a Costco membership. Um, I use my mom's when I'm back at home. I don't know if this is an aisle, but I like to pass by the diamond ring area. Oh, <laughs> that's very Mel too. They Cos- have a diamond ring. I the Cos- they do. Yeah. They look really oh. shiny in the display. Oh. It's, it's kind of like with their jewelry and watches and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Electronics. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of go there. And then I go straight to the back to get the Ling Ling samples. Like the pasta oh. sample. <laughs> uh, that's, that's for me. How about you, Helen? Okay, when I read this question, I was just like, in general, where do you go? And I think I'm a, I'm just the type of person that will exhaust all of my options of, like, if I'm going to go shopping, I'm going to go shopping. Unless I have, like, one thing to pick up. Unless I'm, like, going to Target to, like, pick up diapers. Then I'm going to go straight to the baby section and pick up diapers. But otherwise, I also start from, I think usually I start left to right. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, like the way you write, actually, you type. Yeah, maybe the way you read or the way you mm-hmm. type. So I always go left. And usually the produce section is on the right. So the bananas are at the end. And, uh, but I start with like the bread section first on the left. Along with Mel. Yep. Yes. So Target though, I love the home decor section. I find myself getting lost there. If I have time to kill, I will go to a Target and just look around. And I will say mm-hmm. the first place that I go to is usually the home decor. And then snacks. And then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, for Costco, even though I have a membership, we don't usually end up going because it's so chaotic in there. Mm. I feel like it's just, you have to be like ready to go to battle if you go to Costco. It's always just so crowded and scary. But um, if I were to go there, the samples. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this next section is for Mel. Okay. Oh, crap. So the question is, how's it going with Mel and the new bow? Boo. (laughs) B-E-A-U. What a fancy way to say boo. (laughs) Boo. How do I answer this? I think they're going pretty well. It's Mm -hmm. going pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the latest update is that I actually went up to the Bay Area to spend time with his best friends. I was... I spent the whole weekend at his best friend's house and with him. That's a lot. Actually, yeah. I haven't caught up with you about that. How did that go? Tell the world and me. (laughs) His best friends have like the cutest dog. So I was very happy about that. And it felt like a little getaway because they have like Mm. their house has everything like legit. Their pantry had like cookies, candies, like all this stuff. And like it just felt like a fully functional house with like a two story, like the very classic house. Mm. And I'm not used to that kind of environment because we live in LA it's like yeah, great, yeah. you know um but it was really nice I don't know I feel like whenever I'm I see him with his friends and I get along with them I think I get along with them pretty well it makes me like him more yeah. like oh. knowing that you get along with his friends that he cherishes so much and like vice versa too you know obviously when he's with you guys I'm like oh this is so nice and it's funny because like he told me he's like oh we hang out the way you guys hang out in LA like all they do is they might have like seltzers or drinks and they just hang out in the backyard and just talk and they just like really like it feels familiar mm. you know but it's just different people in different settings um and one night we just kind of they just went through like their like they're all their albums and videos and he like made me watch his like best man speech and all he's like was it good i was like yeah it was good oh. so just kind of see him in these different environments yeah. i saw like videos and photos from him from five years ago so it was like it just painted the, the grander picture of how he was in the past. Right. Um, so I think things are going pretty well. Wow. Are you going to reveal more about him? It's another question that we got many questions of. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I feel like I didn't know this thing. There's a thing called soft launching. So apparently the TikTok 
thing. I don't have a TikTok, but I learned that it's like when you kind of like show a little bit of the guy you're dating and the person you're dating, but you don't reveal the face. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing that slowly because I'm getting more comfortable with the idea like, oh, this is becoming a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, maybe I'm a little hesitant to share because, again, I shared like a whole relationship on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't want to put n- a number or a timeline on this, but I think the fact that in my history has proven that I never lasted more than six months in a relationship. I just kind of want to last that long with him. Be like, All right. So this is like definitely uh, something. to get over that hump. The milestone. Yeah. yeah. It's like a weird superstition thing I have, but I think we're progressing along. Yeah. We have a wedding we're going to together. That's a big. I know. Wait, when? Want. Yeah. And where? Tell everyone so we can all show up. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the end of September. So I feel like even that is like a, another like, I don't say test, but another milestone. Right. Yeah. His, is it his friend's wedding or yours? It's one of his best friends. Yeah. Oh, so he's wow. a groomsman. So I'm just like, okay, like I'm sitting with the bridal party, like oh, wow. all of them. Yeah. Like, so I'm just like, okay. And it's a little different this time because I will say in my last relationship, I went to a wedding really quickly. And so this mm. time we kind of timed it a little bit like, mm-hmm. okay, it's been four or five months, six. No, it'll be six months by the time we go. And <gasps> yeah. Two milestones. <laughs> I know, crap. And then um, all the wives and the wives of his best friends are so freaking nice to me. Like they're really seeing me as like one of the girls. Oh. And mm-hmm. they've just been like really sweet. So everything is just seeming like it kind of just fits yeah. very well. Very naturally, I'll say, which yeah. is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting more and more comfortable the idea of that this is becoming very real. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's weird, right? And we, we are definitely going to make Mel spill more beans on like another episode. But yeah. for now, when, yeah. she, when she feels comfortable. When she feels ready. Yes. Yes. We have another question for Mel. Is Mel still planning a move to Taiwan? I love this question. Thank you for asking that. Um, I do want to still. So it's been hard because like for it's been pushing back to every year. Um, right now, I still want to go into the year, but there's a lot of like events I want to go to into the year too. Um, so it's really contingent like my family plans too because my family actually goes back every year during Thanksgiving. My mom's very adamant me and me going with her because she wants like all of us to be back together, but. It really depends because I don't even know if it's opening up right now. So if it doesn't work out this year, I would love to do it sometime next year. Um, I think things have kind of changed because like I wanted to go for three months. But obviously, you know, things are a little different now. I'm okay with just going for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think mostly just want to spend time with grandpa. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I still want to go. But thank you for asking. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So this question is for all of us. 
Has there been any big life changes that affected you all? If so, how? And the follow-up to that, if you guys want to answer or combine the question is, how would you compare yourself a year ago to now? Um, obviously for me, as people know by now, and I have a mini podcast show talking about all of it now, is my life change of adding M-O-M. What does that spell? Mom <laughs> to the title. Uh, I think compared to a year ago, my identity was pregnant lady. <laughs> right? And compared to a year before that, I was like the party animal slash instigator amongst our friend group. Wow, that feels so long ago now. But I think internally how I've changed is that my heart has just grown so much. And I talk about this with other moms and it's just like, you never knew your heart could expand and love something as much as you do now. It's almost like, I mean, I don't do drugs, but I have some friends who do. And they share, <laughs> they share their experiences and say that you can access this other level of feeling and emotion with certain drugs, which I'm not promoting at all, by the way. But I'm like, is this what doing drugs is like? Same as the love and, and euphoria you feel with a child. Mm. You know, I don't know if there's a connection there. But I feel like I've grown more this past year than I ever have in any other stage of my life. I think for a long time, I felt like a kid. Like I remember my first moments of being a mom, I'd look in the mirror and just be like, I'm still a child holding a child and I don't feel like a mom yet. But now eight months in, I definitely feel like like an adult. It's so weird. I feel more empowered. I feel like I'm giving less shit about things that drain my energy and I already was kind of like that before, but now definitely more so. I'm more conscious of my time and how much time I have and can give. And I feel like I also literally have like two brains, one for myself and one for my baby. Like before we leave the house, there are a ton of things we have to make sure of. Bottles, pump, pump, shawl, snacks, toys, diaper, wipes. Versus before it was like, where's my purse and where's my Pepsi? <laughs> that was it. So I definitely have mommy brain, more so on forgetting my stuff but super mom side on having this extended brain for my baby stuff. Changed a lot. A lot has oh. changed. Yeah, I forget that. Obviously, it's it's not just you went from like Helen to mom. You went from Helen to then being a pregnant person. Mm-hmm. And that's one identity that's different than then being a mom mm-hmm. with the actual baby. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of big life changes. A lot of transitions. <laughs> yes. Yes. How about for you, Jay? Uh, big life changes. If I think about last year compared to this year... Last year at this time, I was just starting to talk to the second guy that I would eventually be in like a more serious uh, consideration of a relationship within that year. And we were going on fun dates, you know, it was like picnics and late nights and walks and all the kind of like fun new romance stuff. Um, And then fast forward to this year, I am single and I'm going through the process of freezing my eggs. So (laughs) I'd say those are kind of two uh, very, very different um, settings. Now I'm pretty much chilling at home most evenings. I'm just, and I'm I'm like happy about it. I Mm -hmm. feel good and calm and spending time reading up on vitamins (laughs) Um, and just, you know, like, talking to some of my friends who are also going through IVF and my cousin who went through it. Um, so yeah, it's very, it's a very different thing, but those are pretty big life stages, I guess, from trying to consider getting into a relationship to um, being by myself and then thinking more forward about my future with kids mm-hmm. and preserving my eggs. How about you, Mel? What are some big life changes? I feel like hearing your both, hearing both of your answers, we're in very different places, actually. Yeah. Like, just in general, <laughs> like all of us have been in different places. Right. Um, I had literally just like scrolled back to my calendar from last year. I was like, where was I? Um, I was about, I just, I was a bridesmaid at a wedding. I was very single 
and I was about to go on my solo retreat just to re kind of think everything. Mm. And it's just where I am now. I guess the biggest life change that's affecting me is I am dating someone very seriously. Whoa, sorry. Yeah. Oh, we're so Those words I'm, came out of your wait, mouth, but not order. defined yet. Yeah. No DTR yet. It's, it's fun. Exclusively. Yeah. Yes. Exclusively. And we talked about like titles and stuff. And he was like, you know what? It doesn't like change anything for me. He's like, I'll always address you as my partner. Mm. And I was like, damn straight. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just a very different place because I'm, um, I feel, I mean, this is the first time I've been through like a relationship in a very long time. And I feel like I'm learning a lot. Maybe because where we are in our age and we talked about this is just like we talk about this is what we want. And it's just kind of like, ooh. <laughs> I think for me, the realization that there's a high chance that this can be the end. Whoa. Whoa. I don't, don't want to say end goal, but like the person I choose to be with yeah. till the end if I can. So I think that's like a going from like zero to, to like 100. Like, kind of like, oh, okay. So um, yeah, it's affecting it just affects your day-to-day life too like you're like it's like texting someone like thinking about them like how are we when are we gonna meet what's our next thing like are we progressing along it's just like little these little things really add up but yeah that's where i was last year where i am now i love that we have audio clips of you just being so like (laughs) (laughs) right now (laughs) so we can play it back forever later yes eek (laughs) next question who has influenced your outlook on life and love the past year it could be a family member, friend, favorite author, anyone? My answer uh, is my therapist. So she, um, a big thing that we were talking about and working through, I was seeing her very often last year when I was like kind of trying to find a partner and dating. Um, And the thing that she kind of helped me focus on now that I'm like single and trying to get back out there again is to have fun and to not get so in my head and freaking out about my age because that comes off. In, in the dating experience. So that's, for me, my therapist. How about you, Mel? Oh, thank you, Janet's therapist, for being her person. <laughs> I have two people in mind, but I think the person I will say is probably my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been having more conversations about picking her brain about what what love and relationships are for her as I'm dating now because I've realized that, like, this sounds really weird. My experience where I am now is getting, it's closer to where she is now. Because when I was dating around, she never, we were just like, she's married and had like, her kids are grown up. But now I'm like on the verge of like thinking about long-term stuff. So in essence, like where my status is romantically might be closer to where she is now. Like it's just kind of meeting her now in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so just hearing about, you know, um, what do you value in a relationship? And because my mom is divorced, she has two marriages. So I'm just like, what's the difference? And through your first experience, what is, what is your non-negotiable for your second and I think my mom has always influenced my romantic choice, even though I want to admit her or not. I, it's like I'm, a, I'm still a people pleaser and I want my mom to be happy with who I choose. And I think one thing with love is that like, I don't know, I just see how much my stepdad takes care of my mom and realizing that's something I really want. And having an open conversation with her, even with through this relationship, she's like really supportive She'll like ask little things like, oh, how's it going? And then she's spending more time together. So I think in some ways it's just like, it's it's been really nice um so yeah my mom oh i love that yeah how about you Helen? hi hi mel's mom i know you're <laughs> listening <laughs> yeah, not. um okay for me who has influenced my outlook on life and love the past year i would definitely say other moms 
who are able to balance their career and home life and able to compartmentalize their lives in terms of seasons is something that I'm learning. As I've said on the podcast before, um, this whole journey is still so new to me and I haven't read enough books, listened to enough podcasts, watched enough documentaries to really understand the brain, like the, mm. the, the nuances of a mom who's able to find that balance of career and home life. And I've decided for myself that I do want to be a working mom. So one of the first moms that I thought of just through our interview with her was Chriselle Lim. I really admire how she is able to build her businesses and her brand and to travel the world, sometimes with her kids, and still seemingly have a very good connection and relationship with her daughters. That to me is something that I, at least in, at this point in my life, do want for my future. Um, and recently I was in Singapore with Rach, who is the founder of Love Bonito, and having a very casual lunch with her and her friend, Jia Zen, who is a leadership consultant and coach and travels to the U.S. all the time to partake in leadership conferences. And she also has a little one who's over a year old and she's still breastfeeding too. And I was just so inspired talking to them about how they make it work for them and their families. And one thing that Rach said to me that I loved and would love to share in this podcast too is that instead of saying, you know, I have to do something, and this can apply to anyone, whether or not you have a child, whether it's you go to a team luncheon or you change your baby's diaper for the 10th time, you know, instead of saying, I have to do this, I have to go to this luncheon, reframing your mind to say, I get to do that. I get to go to lunch. I get to build my business. I get to rock my baby to sleep. That was just like such an eye-opening nugget of information, especially for new moms who just feel like they're like crashing sometimes. It's like you get to do this stuff and it's it makes life just so much more exciting. So it's talking to these moms and getting their like insight of how they reframe their mind has been helpful for me in figuring out how do I find my own balance and how do I approach this mommy entrepreneur life with a with a more like positive and grateful mindset. So I would say that other mommy entrepreneurs are people that have definitely influenced a lot of the own path that I'm trying to take for myself. I love that because I do think that like, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of moms feel like the pressure to have to do everything and be mm-hmm. good at it. Mm-hmm. And there's so much, I don't want to say critique, but I feel there is a lot, there is a lot of critique with moms. And I think it's unfair. I think if you were to reframe it, not like, I don't think moms are like not grateful. They're super grateful when they cherish their baby. But I think under all that, like, microscopic type of environment i can see how it's so helpful to be to say i get it's like more of a gratitude right. mindset to have mm-hmm. but yes yeah, so i think it's really great that you're able to to get that and learn from others who are maybe just like a few months along for, from you so that's really great the next questions are actually for janet so i'm sure if you follow janet through ig stories and she's shared through the podcast she is in the process of egg freezing so here is a very honestly a very transparent honest Question for you, Janet. Mm. What is the cost for freezing eggs and what was the scariest part about the procedure? Ooh, this is a very just like get right into Mm. it. (laughs) No soft landing. Uh, Okay, I'm not going to sugarcoat, but also I would would say the cost is actually going to be really dependent on not only the clinic or maybe the part of the world you live in, which I learned when people messaged me um, on Instagram with their experiences, but it also depends on your specific health situation. Uh, but generally, the total of the cost comes down to four parts. One is the cost of the doctor visits. For me personally, that was about $150 or plus per visit. And um, that does not include moments, certain visits where they had to take my blood sample. That might be like another 90 bucks. Um, and 
most of insurance companies do not cover fertility because it's an elective um, elective thing. So that comes out of pocket. The second part of the cost is the medications. And this is actually the really, really hefty, most expensive part. Um, I think on average, if you usually at least, I heard it was about like 10K-ish. Um, because of my treatment plan, it's going to be a little bit different, but just know that that's kind of the average. And then the third part is the actual surgery or procedure where they extract the eggs um, once you've juiced them up with the hormones and the meds. And that will cost anywhere from like 5 to 10K, depending on your doctor. And then the fourth part of the cost is how much you're paying essentially for shelf space to store your eggs. And um, you can either do that usually by month or you can buy like a five-year package, which is I think a couple hundred. Um, So one procedure of egg freezing could set you in the like 15 to 20K range. Um, But also know that that's one cycle. And for many women, there's a possibility you might want to do multiple cycles. But that's once again, depend the average woman given her average egg count and, and all of that. Um, the scariest part for, um, for, of doing the egg freezing so far. So I'm only, I'm only a couple of days into my first cycle of just getting myself injection. So I haven't gone through the actual extraction surgery part. Um, but the whole process so far, the beginning for me was the scariest. So not even any part of the medical treatment. I think it was scary for me because there were so many unknowns. Um, before I got my specific treatment plan, I had no idea what my specific, you know, uh, hormone and egg situation was. I didn't really know what the steps would be to have this procedure. And then I didn't know what the cost would be. So I was just like, my head's going, like, I have no idea how to plan for this. The moment that I was able to have two consultations and have the doctor be like, this is your situation. This is the plan that I would, pl- I would suggest for you. So then I'm like, okay, this involves how many drugs or hormones, like what, what are the, what is the process going to be like? And then I was able to get a cost estimate and that put my mind to so much ease. And I was able to like, everything else for me feels like, okay, like not, not much more that I can control. Um, of course the injection part, I was a little nervous after the first or before the first one, but, um, it's actually, uh, a lot, uh, better than I anticipated. And I think because the nurse that I had who instructed me was very positive and very supportive. And she made it sound like it was like not the biggest of deals. I think if it felt very sterile and like intense, it would have been different. And I am a little nervous about going under anesthesia for the surgery procedure because that's just always a little scary. But for the most part, um, I think once you do your research, it's actually quite okay. And a lot of people get it done. Um, next question here, Janet, do your parents worry about you not being married still at this age? Ooh, yes, that's a really good question because I think probably the average um, Asian parents when their daughter is like going to be 37 soon and still single, it's like a tap, tap, tap. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very, very fortunate that my parents do a very good job of not outwardly pressuring me. But I know for a fact that they still worry. They must, mm-hmm. right? As parents and you see your daughter and she's still single and you think about you're getting older, you're like, I want someone to take care of her maybe. Um, but I will say that my mom a year or two ago did have a conversation with me and she told me, you know, I worry about you more than I worry about your sister. And it's usually the other way around <laughs> because I've always, in our family, I've been kind of the rule follower. My sister is a little bit more of a, 
Um, um, she would kind of like to break the rules or independent thinker. Um, so I was like, oh, really? Okay, why? And she said, because you are single. Your sister's been in a relationship. She has a partner. And she says, even if you don't want kids, that's okay. Like, I want you to do whatever makes you happy. But I'm telling you, life is very lonely to live just by yourself if you don't find a partner. So that really stuck with me. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm trying, mom. I'm <laughs> going through the process. Give me maybe another year or two. <laughs> it's coming. Don't worry, I. <laughs> All right. And the next question is for all three of us. How do you deal with feeling down about your body and looks? Ugh. This is a tough question. Um, I feel like, I think it comes in ebbs. It's like an ebb and flow. It's like a wave. You might feel great one day and you feel like, ugh, other days. I think one thing I try to tell myself not really feeling confident is that, well, two things. Like, it's kind of thinking about, like, what your your body can provide for you. You know, I'm able to walk. I think Helen said this in a previous episode, and that really is something I stuck with. Like, the, my ability on my hands, my limbs, my legs, they provide so much more than just a vanity thing. So that's something to, to reframe your mind. And one thing I've been thinking about, and I know this is just really specific on certain body types and how you see things, but yes, I will say that working out has made me feel, like, mentally it makes me feel better because I know I'm taking care of myself. That's, like, a, the care aspect. I think for me... Working out isn't for me to like look a certain way, but I will say that like, for example, I think when you start working out initially, you're just like, I want to look like this girl. I want to look like that type of body type. The reality check I had to have with myself is that I'm not built that way. I'm not built like this other girl, but with my body, I can look very strong. I can look like this. And for me, I take pride of like, oh, if I lift weights, yeah, look, look at my arms, look at my back. You know, I do feel like I just... I like the fact that I'm building more strength within my body with working out. So I think for you is looking at what your body, your body can provide for you and what it was like, what's the, what in your eyes, like what is strong and then look at your body and see how they can provide that kind of strength. So that's something I try to do. Um, I'm curious to hear what Helen and Janet do. Yeah. Um, great points Mel. I think this is a, this is a good question. And one that I don't know if we had like an, an, a whole episode covering this before, but I feel like we could, mm-hmm. um, when I was younger, I definitely had a lot of body image issues and maybe one day I'll talk more about that because I think it is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, but something that I've learned over the years and particularly with my pregnancy too, and how much my body has changed is to radically accept yourself and love like what Mel, exactly what Mel is saying, love yourself, what your body can provide for you. And it's, it's so much easier to, said than done sometimes trust me i know but sometimes it it does need to be like a conscious daily exercise to thank your body for like you were saying Mel, it's like for being able to lift things for being able to walk for you to be able to reach your arms out and hug someone and feel that that warmth of the hug and to thank your body that it's able to do all of that and I think these are things that we take for granted sometimes, especially when we're having like a low body image day. We're just like, oh, I hate my body. But we forget that it is able to provide so much for us. And on days where you can't help but be negative, which let's be honest, that does happen. I think try and just be neutral. You don't have to love your body, but try and not to hate your body because you and your body don't deserve that at all. So just look at your body 
neutrally and then you'll have good days, you'll have bad days, but that will minimize the bad days that you have with it. I like that to focus on neutrality instead of feeling like you have to be like ecstatically in love with yourself because that's not possible all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's a movement less towards body positivity, Mm -hmm. but like body neutrality. Neutrality. Yeah. Yes. I would say what both of you ladies have touched upon, I think is the key, which is you have to change your mindset. And the thing is that does not happen overnight. Um, I think back to when I was in my like younger adulthood and if I would get down, I would just get stuck in that place. And sometimes it would be like the whole summer, I don't feel great or like the whole year, I don't feel great. Um, now that I think with age, you start to learn to accept things and you start to, um, to figure out your tools. And now I still get down because like both Helen and Mel share that you, it's impossible to not have days where, you know, you don't feel bad about your body or your looks in some way. But when that happens, I feel that I'll let myself have like maybe a weekend of sulking. And then usually I build up the resolve to move my body and Mm. that even just like going for a walk because that like physically just lifts my mood a little bit. Um, if it's my body that I'm concerned about, or if it's my looks, then I will push myself to make an appointment for a haircut or, oh, I feel like I need to change something, make an appointment, get my nails done, make an appointment to get a piercing. I have a lot of piercings. (laughs) Piercings are a fun way to kind of change up your look. Um, and so, yeah, I think just having patience with yourself and just start with like one small action. Um, the other thing is to focus on the process instead of the result. And I think that's similar to what you ladies are saying, focus on the way that your, what your body can do for you. But I would say if you're, if it's exercise, if it's, um, meditation, whatever it is, focus on how much you enjoy that activity versus needing it to provide some sort of outcome for you, because then you will higher likelihood of feeling happy about yourself. That's great advice. What is a city that you have wanted to visit that you haven't been to yet? Uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. Oh, oh. How about for you, Mel? Okay, so this is a cop-out answer because it's not a city, but I really want to go to Vietnam. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, I think I'm in a beachy town vibe, so Bali, Santorini, Maldives. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. Yeah, three. <laughs> All right. The next set of questions is from Miss Helen. Um, Helen, how do you maintain or keep the fire going strong in a marriage after having kids? It's like the kids take up 90% of our time. And by the time I want to spend time with my other half, we are too exhausted to enjoy anything. I feel like this is a very good question that not a lot of people talk about. And I kind of wish I had a better answer for you, but I'm still, we're in this season of having a still very young child. So I don't know if I have an answer for you. But honestly, like kids and work really do take up 95% of our time. For Philip and I, like like I mentioned earlier, those five to 30 minute walks during sunset after a work day is like the 5% we actually get to catch up with each other. And it is just, that's how we are able to connect. We carve out that time. But it's like right after the walk, you go back home, you get solids ready, you get solids as in food for the baby, you get the bath ready, story time, feeding time, cuddles. And then by the time that's all done, it's 10 p.m. And then you're working until two or three and then sleeping at different times. So totally understand where this question is coming from. I still remember when in the first months with a newborn, like your life is just completely upended, so different. And Philip would always look at me and just be like, I miss you. And I'd just be like, I miss you too. You know, and we would just know that we were in this season where we had to maybe put our intimacy on pause a little bit and even our relationship because we didn't have much help in the beginning. And it was all baby, like in no sleep. And also by the time you get a little bit of a break, it's like, do you put yourself first or do you put yourselves first? Like, 
do you want to just slump, it, slump down into a couch with your phone and scroll on Instagram? Or do you like do something together? So mm-hmm. that's also a struggle because sometimes I'd just be like, do not disturb sign up right now. <laughs> Don't talk to me. And he's like, this is the only time we can like hang out. And, <laughs> and I'm Sorry. Like, you know, uh, scroll, scroll. Um, so it's, it's definitely harder. But what we've realized is that, again, we are in this, this like season of time and it's going to change once they go to daycare, once they can sleep longer hours, which our baby has started to sleep like longer periods of time for a nap. So we have more time now. But I think it's it's hard. And you just have to find those moments where you're passing by and like brushing each other, touching each other, sending like flirty texts to each other. That's like how we've been able to keep our like fire and marriage strong gets it's having perspective that it's not going to last forever whatever the season is that we're in right now i love that answer i feel like i'm learning and noting this for future stuff you know <laughs> um oh this is a really good question helen how are you going to balance the asian versus western mentality when raising your kid oof i feel like i would hmm. i think it's going to be so so this question is about the balance between eastern style of parenting which is more like authoritarian strict demanding as opposed to western which is seen as more lenient and permissive right we're still trying to figure that out i don't think it will be completely on one side or the other for example with his solids now the food that he's eating i've been trying to take a more laissez-faire approach with it with baby led weaning where you're basically allowing your child to have full autonomy over feeding themselves so you put the food in front of them they pick it up they put it in their mouth and sometimes 90% of the time, they don't. It ends up on the floor, right? And then you have my mom, if she's here to help, or Philip's mom, they're like shoving purees in his mouth with a spoon because they're like, something has to go in his stomach. Introducing the solids during this period of time is more for them to get used to it so that they can actually eat solids later on. Um, So it gets really messy. And I think if I had it completely my way, I would lean more towards having him work on his fine motor skills and learn how to feed himself, even with a spoon. But I don't know. This is where I'm like, you know, mm, do you, hard, do you yeah. have more like of an approach where you're helping him or like letting him learn? And I think I lean more towards Western, but I think it's going to be case by case how mm. we approach things. And it's very adorable watching him eat, though. <laughs> he gets very aggressive. He wants a spoon. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next question, which I'm very curious yeah. about. And speaking of seasons, Helen, are you planning for a second kid soon? <laughs> uh too soon <laughs> damn it we want one but too soon i feel like we have to put together our wedding first our big wedding party first that has to come first i have my dress i can't fit into it so remember yeah. i picked up my dress and then yeah she that's was like, true you have a lot of the parts of the wedding still waiting to happen it's yeah. in the closet downstairs <gasps> okay Didn't know but that. the person who I, I was trying on my dress and she was like you can't breastfeed if you want to fit into this dress i was like oh <gasps> so sad i can't choose between breastfeeding Dang, and my wedding yeah. dress Dang, okay. Yeah, well, boobs are pretty massive right now. (laughs) I mean, I'm also being selfish. Like, can you wait for all of us to get pregnant around the same time? (laughs) Oh, true. Mm. You have to wait a couple years. Yeah. (laughs) Mel, yours might be next year. Mm, No. I still think think Jan is going to be be next. Mm, By myself. (laughs) (laughs) I like how we're just talking like this right now. (laughs) All right. Next question. What is your favorite thing to cook at home? All right, my favorite thing to cook at home, um, most of you know I'm really lazy in the kitchen. I like making toasts. You could do everything with toast. You could do almond butter and banana. You could do avocado and egg. Um, so that's my default. Another one that's easy, bowls. 
just you need a grain, you need greens, you need, <laughs> you need some protein for me. I just do, uh, I do, yeah, mostly like beans or tofu or any of those things. Oh, I like just balls. Assume. Okay, like a ball. Okay, like a chipotle ball. Oh, you thought like, I said balls? Uh, <laughs> no, I know I got balls. I was like, oh, okay. no, I heard bowls. I was just like, what in the bowl? Oh. <laughs> I'm eating the bowl itself. Yeah. <laughs> I've been liking, to, I've been enjoying making tomato egg, Chinese style, mm. and uh, just a simple tofu stir fry. Honestly, I just use coconut aminos, firm tofu, and fly by jing sauce, and that's all you mm. need. Ooh, Ooh, yummy. That sounds good. Very easy. Similar for me, I think when we are cooking, we usually do Chinese like stir fry, the tomato egg, the Taiwanese cabbage, or etai with mm. some salt, garlic, and ginger, and white pepper. Mm. You can already <laughs> taste that oily goodness. And then we also like to do like super thin cuts of potato with the ground meat. Oh, oh that sounds so good. Yeah. So good. So good. Ooh, okay, I'm just, sorry. It's, it's, salivating. Salivating. <laughs> oh, it's dinner time. It's almost dinner time, yes. Okay, and our last question, it's a fun one. What are your go-to karaoke songs? I don't karaoke. Hamilton. Oh, yeah. I love that is Hamilton. Hamilton. So I don't, I don't like to sing in public, but I do sing a lot by myself at home. And Vision of Love by Mariah Carey. Whoa. Mariah Carey's a tough one to sing, too. That's a great song. I love that song. How about for you, Janet? Um, it, okay, I had to really rack my brain for this one. But I don't, as you could tell, I have a pretty, like, I have a lower voice. I don't have, like, really a high range. So the song that for me is fun to Janet, sing. Janet, give me a range right now. <laughs> I've go, heard her go sing as, before. Well, or go as low as you can. Ooh. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's pretty low. Okay, go as high as you can. Uh, no, we no, know I, she could go high. We know no, she can. No, I know she could go high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but a fun one to sing that's from like the, I think it's the 90s or early 2000s, is Slide by the Google Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't an alternative rock scene, so. Oh, Google Dolls. You guys we, we probably know the song movie. if we play it. I think yeah. Iris. I, yes. Oh, Iris. Maybe I'm thinking of Iris then. Okay. Know, but yeah, their songs are fun. And then always, like, I feel like with our group, we always do it in sync or the Backstreet Boys. And they're fun. Their songs are always fun to sing along with other people. True. Yeah. True. How about you, Mel? Oh, okay. Um, love this question. Um, I will say it's a challenge, but I always like to put in We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Mm. Oh, um, Mariah it's Carey. hard. But also, lately, I've been really into uh, Celine Dion's That's the Way It Is because I sing that in third grade a lot with her album. <laughs> Third grade. I can see third grade Mel. Just <laughs> it's very fun. So yeah, Celine Dion. That's the way it is. And lately, just I like to put this on for the group. Is um, can we talk? Is it Tiffin Campbell? Tim sings it all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll play it for y'all later. <laughs> but look it up. It's a really good song. All right. And that wraps today's episode. Thank you all for joining us today. And thank you to those listeners who submitted questions for this episode. We'll have more of these episodes in the future. So if you didn't get your question in, don't worry. There'll be more opportunities. I guess we could end this by asking all of you, what is your go-to karaoke song? Let us know in the comments of this episode's IG post. Before we end today, we want to let you all know that we've started new mini podcast shows that now release every Tuesday. Tune in to K-Dreaming with Mel, Living Well with Janet, and spill the baby tea with Helen. Each week we'll release a new episode from one of the shows right here on the Asian Boss Girl feed. So be sure to tune in to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays from now on. Woohoo! If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. 
If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we'll catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.